0: Today, we talked to Jeff Drinkwine. He's the head basketball coach at Northwest University. They play in the Cascade Conference. They're located in Kirkland, Washington. Kirkland is a suburb just north of Seattle. They're at the very far north end of the Cascade Conference. Most of their road trips are six hours or more. When they go to Southern Oregon, it's probably closer to nine hours. Uh, when they go to College of Idaho, probably the same and they have to cross the Cascade Mountains as well. It's in the middle of a metropolitan area. It's hard to break through all the entertainment noise up there, so they get mostly students and alumni. It's not a huge gym, but it's a very loud gym, and the students get extremely loud, and the acoustics in that gym are amazing. It's just a fantastic basketball atmosphere. You do have to kind of shove in there it's it's a bit tight especially in the visitors section uh, but it's still an amazing place to watch a game coach drinkwine's been around the cascade conference for a while uh, he's been coaching for quite a while he's a respected coach and he's enjoyable to talk to and i certainly hope you enjoy our interview with him today we'll begin in 30 seconds cascade hoop's talk billy d join us on twitter at cascade hoop talk we're here today with jeff drinkwine out of northwest university there in Kirkland, Washington, a member of the Cascade Collegiate Conference, coach Drinkwine is entering his 3rd year at Northwest University and has had a long successful coaching career. Beginning at Mount Tahoma High School in 1993, he guided the Tacoma Washington School to 5 district championships. Following Mount Tahoma, coach Drinkwine held several assistant positions including at Boise State, St. Martins, and Simon Fraser. His college head coaching experience also includes CCC member Evergreen State College. At Evergreen, Coach Drinkwine led the Gooey Ducks to two national tournaments and several top 25 rankings. Welcome, Coach Drinkwine.
1: Thank you for having me. Pleasure oh, to be here.
0: Absolute pleasure. As I told you off air, I've always respected you and I've always enjoyed watching your teams play. So, Coach, let's start a little bit over with last season. You started out uh, fairly well, and then you had, early in the season, you had a, I call it a brutal weekend. You had a game that you had Oregon Tech beat. You lost that in the final seconds. And the next night, you went to overtime with Southern Oregon, a, a perennial power, and you lost by three points in overtime. You were able to right the ship a bit. You were able to go 5-4 and four against the league after that and then you had that big signature win against Oregon Tech down in Klamath Falls in the first game of the Cascade Collegiate Conference Tournament. Can you talk about that up-and-down season a little bit, Coach Drinkwine?
1: In a lot of ways, people look at it, it as up-and-down. But if they knew the true history of, of how the season went, they probably would have said, gosh, that's pretty uh, pretty commendable of what we did. Uh, the beginning year, with the, the returners we had coming in and, and some of the new Incomers uh, freshmen and a couple of JC players. We thought if we could stay healthy, we'd be anywhere from fourth to sixth place and possibly get to the second round of the tournament. And um, we had injuries. And so started out with 14 guys and we had injuries and every single injury to one of our players. They were all season ending injuries for a while there. We were playing with seven guys, seven and a half guys. And still competing and playing hard. So, the the greatest thing about it is these kids never hung their head. They just kept pushing forward, kept pushing towards the task by, at hand. And so, in a lot of ways, I felt even though we ran out of gas after that win down at Oregon Tech in the second and the first round tournament, we kind of accomplished the goal of where I thought we would be, and we got to that second round, and we did it with eight players on our roster. So that. In that regard, I look at it as kind of a uh, quite a success, despite, like you said, all the close wins and the up and down. I mean, we and every player we lost was a significant impact to our team. Uh, Jaden Jenkins, who was a senior, who had finally played himself into a role where he was playing a lot of minutes and and doing some good things for us he defensively. Broke his neck. We had a point guard, a backup guard, and Jason Brown who was really coming into his own. And the night before, we played Moltenoma, Noma, and he uh, did a great job on Justin Martin. You got the leading scorer in the nation. He holds him to uh, 19 points. And, and he, that's when you ever hold a guy to 19 points, you're saying that was good defense. It's kind of interesting. But he did. He did a great job. And then the very next night against Warner Pack, he tears his ACL. So that made it tough. And then um, we had another kid, uh, uh, Kristen Halimaki, Hakimali, Mali, who we were projected as possibly an all-league player, uh, didn't play the season because of uh, stress fractures in in his uh, shins. Let's see, Trey uh, Newman, another kid that had to have back surgery. Cesar Sandoval had back surgery, so both didn't get on the floor. And then um, as the season started to wind down, Nick Navarro, also got a concussion and missed the last five games of the season, and he he was a big impact for us too. So you throw all those players in and you play the whole season. Who knows how it ends up. The great thing about it is a lot of the younger players got a lot of uh, court time and learned to develop and grow and see how tough the conference was. The downside is we didn't finish quite as well as we wanted to, but they just kept playing every day. And it's one of those seasons where sometimes people can't wait to get the season then. But the way this, this group's approach was, how positive they were, I wanted to keep going. I think the reward for them was they saw that hard work pays off staying together as a unit and continue to play, and your goals will be accomplished. So that win down at Oregon Tech was pretty special for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the reward for everything they had went through and how they persevered through it. But I knew when we went over to Idaho, we were going to be out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> so it, so it, it ended Uh, bittersweet, I guess you could say, but it's one of the few times, even with you said the up and down, I can say, you know what, you really did see growth in every one of these players, and just the, the cohesiveness as a unit was something that you don't always have to win a championship to say, hey, we had a successful year, and that certainly was demonstrated last year by that group.
0: So let's go ahead and talk about some of the players from last year that you graduated. I think you already mentioned Jaden Jenkins out of Tacoma. Also, you graduated Alex Smith out of Silverdale, Washington. He had 31 blocks last year, six points per game. And then uh, Daniel uh, Gebermichael out of Everett, three and a half points. So that graduating class is going to hurt a bit losing them.
1: Whenever you lose people and you you look at the stats a lot of times, they say, well, like for instance, Daniel, well, he only averaged three points a game, but what he did give was leadership on the floor on the defensive end. It's, it's crazy, both he and Alex, well, even Jaden as well, it's, it's unfortunate, it's fortunate and unfortunate that they finally, by their senior year, i say they arrived, they understood their role, they, they had a place and, and developed their niche for the team. It, it was really great to see, because it's at the point where now they graduate, and you say, man, they, they finally figured out where their niche was, we found out what their role could be for us to have success. I wish I had one more year with them. And that's kind of how all of them were. Daniel really, really did kind of took a back seat because we brought in some decent guards uh, at that position that could truly play the point. And so he had to kind of change his, his role and being a senior is kind of tough to do that, but he did. He kind of became like that veteran back uh, backup quarterback and teaching the young prodigy what to look for on the floor and things to do. He, he really did a good job of that. And then when he came in, played with boundless energy and, and defended really well. So so we are going to miss that. And uh, he did say it was the most enjoyable year he ever had at Northwest, because I think it's part of maturity and growth. And so that that we are going to lose that. Jaden, like I said earlier, was just playing great for us. You could tell he had settled down and relaxed. The game slowed down for him a bit. He'd matured and then had the unfortunate incident uh, with breaking his neck. So that was tough, but he he had a good role for us in his length. We're we're certainly going to miss. And then Alex, Alex had been there since he was a freshman, and we always wondered, okay, does he really love basketball? Um, Does he really, really want to be here? And he did. It's just I think the confidence level and, and the opportunity to get the minutes just had to finally arrive, and when it did, he really blossomed. Um, we worked with him on blocking shots and with a couple drills we did, and, and he, he started doing that without Fallon, and, and I think it allowed him to stay in games longer. And once he got one or two blocks and a few dunks, his confidence rose, and so did his minutes. And so um, he ended up, I think, on a pretty good note. He also said he wished the last four three years had been the same as the fourth. you know, And just the maturity and leadership, that, that goes a long way, and, and I don't even know if these kids – understand that until they're away from playing and they're like you know what that senior year that junior senior year I finally showed growth and it's all part of it they, they get frustrated when they're young because they're not playing a lot they got to learn the game they got to learn the speed of the game the strength of the conference and and by the time they do it they graduate and move on so yeah we're going to lose some leadership some savvy uh so that's going to be tough and hopefully we've, we've got a few guys back and, and brought in a few that can can take their place
0: You know, that seems to be something that you hear quite often. I know I do from former players is didn't really realize how special what they were doing was until after they graduated. So
1: that's true. I think once the game slows down, and I don't want to say it becomes easier, but the transition, the adjustments make more sense. You know, it's their junior, senior year, and that's all part of growth. I always had this theory that if a freshman comes in and plays a ton of minutes, probably too good to be in that conference should be somewhere else or your team's not very good. And, and that's usually kind of shown uh, you play a lot of freshmen, they're going to take their lumps mm-hmm. or you get a kid like, for instance, that uh, uh, Mitchell Fink who comes in and that guy, you know, he's an all American and, and uh, on a very good team, probably could play at a higher level, certainly could play at a higher level. And so that's kind of, that's what you see in freshmen. They're either going to take their lumps or they're going to come in here and stay. How did that school pick up that player? Because he's pretty special. So, and then by the time they're seniors, it all kind of evens itself out.
0: So, Coach, you had a, you've had a long, uh, distinctive career starting there at Mount Tahoma High School in Tacoma, coached a couple of Cascade Collegiate Conference teams. You had quite a bit of success at Evergreen. Now you're the head coach of the Northwest University Eagles. Can you talk about your coaching journey?
1: I mean, it's been a rewarding one. It's been uh, certainly growth and learning at every level. I mean, I I wouldn't take anything uh, away from any of them. Like some people say, I wish it was never there. I enjoyed every single journey of every single place I've been, and I've been able to be fortunate to either work under people or work with people that I've learned from. It's just you evolve, I think, and, and you grow as a coach. Had I done it differently, who knows where I'd be but I have no regrets, it's been uh, absolutely a fun journey. My time at Mount Tahoma was with my first stop. Certainly went in with a program with a lot of athletic kids that uh, you could see could play, but they needed to be toned down a little, learn what discipline was and hard work and, and play together. First opportunity to see if I really could do that, see if I really knew what I was doing and demonstrated success with that group, so that, that was good. Uh, my philosophy was a little different back then, It certainly changed since then. Uh, Back then it was, let's go out there, show these kids how to win, put a chip on their shoulder, step on whoever you have to to get in your way and move on. And then I realized that's not really the personality you want your kids to take on because you're still helping them evolve. So when they get out of there, how are they going to act later on in life? I grew from that and realized, okay, if that's the mentality I'm teaching these kids, I'm not doing what, what coaching is really supposed to be doing for them. And started to realize... You know, because at that time, it meant anything less than the playoffs was unsuccessful and winning was everything. And and I had to change my thoughts and philosophy. So when I had the opportunity to move to Boise State, I worked for Rod Jensen, who also coached in the Cascade Conference at College of Idaho. Mm-hmm. And that's where I really learned that, yes, you can work hard and you can still be rewarded. And just because you, you may have good players, you might not always win. But what are, you, uh, what are you teaching your kids? What kind of values are you teaching them? How are they growing as people? And that's when I started to realize, okay, what coaching is really all about. And it's to help these kids grow. And my classroom basically is the basketball court. My motivational mm-hmm. tool is the opportunity to play basketball. And now all the trials and tribulations you may go through, if you can get through those things in life, the way you handle them, whether it's a work situation, whether it's your family dynamic, whatever it may be, you can look back at your experiences when you had tough situations in basketball arena, so to speak. And how did you overcome them? What did you do? How did you grow from them? And that's what the coaching journey is more about. And so as I learned that, I think I calmed down, became a better teacher, a better speaker, understood that it's, it's more important to say, okay, here's why we're playing defense. My defensive philosophy hasn't changed, but here's the purpose of why we're doing it and explain it more. So that, that part's been good, and then in terms of the growth, I knew I always wanted to have an opportunity to coach in college. Yes, I wanted the Division One opportunity. I did have that opportunity, but only as an assistant. Also, as I grew, I realized coaching's coaching, no matter what level you're at. It's the opportunity to teach, have these kids learn and grow and transform it from the court into the real life. So it's it's been quite a fun one. Like I said, I, I think I've evolved more as a coach and as a leader and as a teacher, I've learned from these kids just as much as they've probably learned from me. They're going to play hard for you. So constantly yelling and screaming and saying, you got to play harder. You, you don't need to do that. You, you need to find a better approach to do so. And I think each place I've been at has helped me evolve with that opportunity. And the winning has kind of taken care of itself. That's pretty much what it's been. And like I said, the, the beauty of basketball or any collegiate sport I think you coach you do get to recruit the style of player you want. And so that's been the great part is getting to move on to college. The thing I want to do is always recruit the type of style of player I want for my program and see if it could work, and it, and it has. So I've been lucky that way as well. And then obviously all the different places you get to be, the places you go to, to play against the other opponents or just different conferences, things like that. It, what a great experience. So um, in terms of that, it's been a fun journey I've taken programs, for instance, the Mount Tahoma one, really didn't have a big tradition in winning. I think, like I said, my approach was different, but we did win. It was awesome. And the same thing at Evergreen and, and helped out other programs and, and helped build them. That's, that's pretty neat to see, too. So you know your system works. You just mm-hmm. got to have the players to make it work. Yep. <laughs> so uh, So, yeah, I've certainly enjoyed it. I could probably go on and on about the players and things they do, but we probably don't have that much time.
0: Well, Coach, you touched a little bit on on your philosophy and traits of uh, teams that you build. We'll talk about that a little bit before we talk about this year's teams specifically. Uh, but just to kind of wrap up uh, your history, for fans outside of the Cascade Collegiate Conference, they need to know that Coach Jeff Drinkwine is the best-dressed coach, not in the conference, in the nation, and not in the NAIA, any basketball coach. Coach, that's the that's the consensus. You can't run from it. Uh, <laughs> this man knows how to dress. I'll just say that.
1: Well, I got a wife that makes sure that I don't go out there. And, I mean, if I'm going to get my brains beat in, I better look good doing it. If I'm going to win, I better, <laughs> I better do it as well. So I thank her for that. But, uh, no, it's kind of – it's it's interesting you say it. It's kind of <laughs> funny. But uh, my high school coach was all about uniforms and togetherness and, and looking the same. And we had to wear white shoes, white socks, no stripes, no nothing. And I never – Really understood the point of that, and then I became a coach. And I understand you're out there. This is your profession. It, it, you got to take it seriously, and you want this group to look like a, a together group. Well, I can't wear the uniform anymore, so I better look professional and do so as well. And, and I want my kids to know this this is a profession. You know, this is this is our family. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, I'm not out there. Now there's other guy. It doesn't mean you're you're any better of an X's and O's guy. That's for sure. Because I've been beat before by guys who wear visors and and sweats. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I do believe that um, you should look the part, and uh, you, you know you're a reflection of your program, and, and kids see that and feed off that as well. So, but I'd, I appreciate the comment. I'll have to let my wife know yeah. that that she's doing good in the uh, in the dress department for me and helping me find good um, good suits.
0: So, coach real quickly, you've you've lost some transfers. A couple of guys have decided not to come back to school and uh, along with your graduations. Uh, you've been at this game uh, quite a while. You know that you got a little bit of work to do uh, before we talk about p- your players specifically because you do have some very good returners. Could you talk about the, you know what will be your philosophy this year? What kind of traits will you try to build into this team? and you know what's that secret weapon you have to uh, compete in the Cascade Conference this year?
1: I think uh, the one thing we want to create is an identity and, and not having as many returners back, how do you do that? So we've got to do that. And we have done that from day one is, is just try to create an identity and that's to play hard, play tough defense and, you know, try to hold opponents down because there's going to be nights. You're just not going to be able to score it. What can you do? What can you hang your hat on? Um, The other thing I've instilled in my players, they got to understand you can get 10, 10 shots a game that's 10 seconds maybe 15 seconds of the game what are you gonna do for the the next 39 minutes of the game you've got to play defense you've got to set screens you've got to rebound and so we've instilled that so you know you get your shot off in a split second it's not all about scoring and there's only one ball out there what else are you going to do to help this team be successful and so we've got to work on like I said defense and the intangibles and and just playing hard for every possession and not taking time off. And so I would say that the biggest thing, that if someone were to look at the Northwest University team this year, they'll say they're going to play for 40 minutes. They're not going to let up, whether it's win or lose. And, um, and that's kind of how you approach life. You, you can't give up on life. You can't let up on anything. There are going to be some tough situations out there, Do you run from it or do you keep attacking it? And there might not be light at the end of the tunnel for two, three years, but you got to keep going. So that's kind of the approach we're teaching these young men: is let's get after it, let's not let up. There are going to be days you don't want to show up. Well, you got to liven it up. And if it's whether it's from my voice or from in with leadership of the guys on the team. That's what we're going to do. So approaching the Cascade Conference, some of these kids have no idea what they're getting into. Some of them had success at the high school level and junior college level. They still have to understand they need to step up their game and what they're going to do and the places they're going to go are not going to be easy. Those are the things what we're going to try and steal and our philosophy is just play hard 40 minutes a game. Not 39 minutes and 58 seconds. It's got to be 40 minutes. So that's those would be the things that we're trying to approach this year. You know, see where where we fall. We've been okay. preseason pick number eight. Everything goes right. Hopefully, we won't be there. We can get to postseason and and knock off a few wins and and see. You know, let the chips fall where they may.
0: So, coach, you do have a couple of great pieces to build on. Uh, let's start with Hussein Ford, probably one of the best all-around players in the conference. 20 points a game, 11 rebounds, the fifth top rebounder in the nation. But he also had uh, 23 blocks, 54 assists. This man is everywhere on the court. He's an emotional leader. He will not let the team stop. He has a nonstop engine. He, he's a very good ball player, and you get him back for his senior year, Coach.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to have Hussein back. You know, a lot of, like like I said, Oregon Tech's got Mitchell Fink. Multnomah's got Martin. I mean, I could go down the list of everyone that you know, have their players back. He's, but Hussein's one that if we don't have Hussein, as those kids that I mentioned earlier, you do take a huge drop off. He's fun to watch. I mean, he's fun to coach but it's just that relentless nonstop energy and it's on both ends of the floor. It's, it's all over the place. And it, yeah, he's, he's going to be a lot of fun to have. I know that a lot of all the teams in the league are going to prepare for him mm-hmm. and find schemes to stop him. And hopefully we've got a surrounding cast and a supporting cast that can help, help him. Cause last year he put this team on his back. And I mean, he went, he went to work. I mean uh, like you said, 20 points, 11 rebounds a game. That's that's doing that every single night. That's an average night. So uh, to have that back is certainly a plus for us.
0: Yeah, and his energy is just unbelievable.
1: His energy. He's positive. He just he loves playing. He just loves to play. And he's a kid, kind of like I said, like a Mitchell Fink. It's like, how did Northwest get Hussein Ford? You know, how did he end up in our lap? And it's uh, we were pretty fortunate to have him.
0: And then with him, you have a junior, very good ball player, Ryan Ricks. Uh, He can shoot the ball, dish the ball, 69 assists, 52 threes, 10 points, 4.5 rebounds.
1: Ryan is, uh, I tell everybody, Ryan should be our student body president at Northwest. He's the perfect Northwest student. Nothing, Nothing phases Ryan. Nothing upsets Ryan. He just plays another kid that just loves to play, and I think he plays for the right reasons. You know, he plays he puts his 100% of his energy all into being on the floor in a variety of different ways. He can get hot. He shoots it well, like you said, but he could also go against, He's the type of player that could go without scoring and still affect the game in a positive way. Um, his leadership, his voice, the way he carries himself. It's something that other kids feed off of, and uh, we certainly are happy to have him back not only this year, but we also get him back next year. Yeah, we're, we're really happy to especially when you have a younger group and a new group coming in. We're really fortunate to have a, a person like Ryan because he's another coach on the floor, and he explains things so well to, to the newcomers coming in, and um, they just gravitate toward him. So, yeah, we're glad to have him back as well.
0: So, Coach, you talked about new players. Uh, are there any uh, transfers or new players specifically you want to speak about today?
1: Well, there's a few secret weapons, but uh, I guess <laughs> I could, can kind of let them out. <laughs> um, yeah, we got, well, last year he's a newcomer, but we were certainly counting on him a lot last year, and he had back surgery. Cesar Sandoval, a, a young man out of Moses Lake, Washington, and played his uh, junior college basketball at uh, Spokane Community College. He averaged 19 and 10 a really good low post presence, um, strong, great finisher. After being out a year, we got to get him back in shape. It's going to be tough because we're worried about him having some relapses on his back, but he's he's done well, so we're happy to have him back. Uh, he would have been really nice to have last year, especially when people were hurt and he was one of them, but how nice to have him also for the next two years. Uh, makes it a little easier. It's hard to get bigs no matter where you're at, and then on top of that, bigs that can – can do so many things, and so we uh, we're kind of fortunate we've got him for the next two years. Excited to see him get back out on the court. Another one, well, Christian, uh, like I said, Christian Hakeamali. He was a junior last year, would have been a senior. He's back after an injury of sitting out last year. He certainly helps us with the dynamic of being able to get to the basket. We didn't really have a lot of guys that could penetrate and finish. So it's going to be nice to have him plus an older player that actually played in the system. So having him back after sitting out a year, but knowing the system kind of helps us that way too. He knows what to expect from the league and we'll be ready to uh, step up and, and give us some leadership in that way. And then I guess another one that was kind of been a pleasant surprise for us. We weren't sure um, what to expect. We knew he could play and certainly had talent and was, was um, somebody we wanted. But Dewan Walker out of Los Angeles played at L.A. Valley Junior College is um, really going to be helpful for us. He's quick and get up and down the floor, shoots it pretty well. So we're excited to see what he can do and how he uh, slides into the mix with our team as well.
0: Well, it's always good to see those young men come back from injury. Uh, you, I always worry You know, one of the saddest things is to see somebody's basketball career cut short from injury. So I'm glad to see those guys are getting back.
1: Yeah, we, we are too, I mean, it's going to be nice, like I said, you go get a, a group of newcomers, and none of them have played for you. It makes it tough, and it's tough as it is in this conference, but uh, seeing them be able to come back and be able to play, be on the floor and still get their degrees, I mean, it's kind of nice. Like I said, it's, kids don't want to enter the career as it is, and then to have it cut short and not be able to leave on their terms is always tough, so I'm glad that they're yeah. both back.
0: Absolutely. So if you look around the Cascade Conference this year, it's just absolutely loaded with talent. We talked about Hussein Ford up there in Kirkland. Oregon Tech has two All-Americans, Mitchell Fink and Seth Erickson. The top scorer in the nation plays at Multnomah down in Portland, Justin Martin. Uh, Morris Bethia is back for a graduate year at Warner Pacific, and they brought in Kadim Strickland from Western Oregon via PCC. Max McCullough is going to be back at Eastern, Jordan Hunt, Taron Bradford at Southern. A.J. Hodges at Corbin, and not not to be forgotten, Talon Pinkney there at College of Idaho. It's going to be a tough conference. Uh, what do you see as keys to competing this year in the conference to doing well? What what two or three things do you have to that have to happen for the Northwest Eagles?
1: Well, you, you definitely have to uh, win at home. You've got to protect your house. If you and that and that's I think a lot of the coaches will say if you can win on the road, you're going to do well, and then you have a chance to go on to the national tournament and whatnot. Definitely have to, to stay healthy. I mean, we saw that last year. I mean, like I said, our guys kept coming, but you just you, you lose a little depth, and that makes it tough. So you got to stay healthy. You've got to win at home. you got to steal a few on the road and have a few upsets along the way, but uh, the three of those things, again, and then staying together. I mean, there's going to be some tough road trips. Like you said, I mean, we lost at home to Oregon Tech and Southern, and that was tough. And a lot of times kids uh, will fold. That'll be, well, we lost at home. Well, we were told we needed to win at home. And, and they may turn their backs, but you've got to stay together as a collective group. And that means from the coaching staff all the way down to your trainer, you've got to you know, be a solid foundation. And if one person leaks in any way, it, it could really hurt you. So I'd say staying together, staying positive, because you are going to take some lumps. And we tell our guys that there are going to be some times you're going to lose. You know, if somebody could go through this league undefeated, I think they're going to be a national champion. But uh, there's going to be some tough nights. So well, it's never stay occurred. together. It's, it never has. has yeah. it? it's it. The league is too good. It just is. There was when I was at Evergreen. I remember talking to Ryan Looney, who was at Eastern Oregon at the time, and Danny Miles, who was at Oregon Tech at the time. We felt the top teams in our league could compete with the top teams in the NCA division two and the GNAC league. We, in fact, Danny miles thought there were teams that could actually compete in the big sky and maybe not every night, but we went out and played against Eastern Washington and lost to them on a last second shot. And I think Eastern Oregon that year, barely lost to Idaho state. I mean, so, so he was right in a lot of ways. And I think the conference is every bit as strong today as it was back then. And like I said, there's not going to be any nights so off. So um, the key is stay healthy, stay together, win at home, be a collective group, and, and find, a, find a way to, to upset a few guys on the road.
0: Well, Coach Drinkwine, I couldn't agree more. Uh, this basketball and this conference is fantastic. There are a lot of great conferences across America, and I always tell fans, Get out there and support these student-athletes. You're going to see great basketball. A ticket's, what, $7, $8, depending on where you go. But if you go to Northwest, just remember, in that Eagle's Nest, they pack them in, and it's loud. So bring your own shoehorn. That's what I do when I drive up there to Kirkland. <laughs> uh, it's a great place to watch. a absolutely great place to watch a basketball game. It's loud. It's just a perfect small college atmosphere.
1: It truly is. I mean, it's one of the funner places to play. It's, it's, the nice thing about our place, as if there's not a lot of people there it still seems like there's a lot of people there because of the way the acoustics are yeah. and whatnot so it's it's pretty fun yeah it's, it's yeah. a lot of fun
0: it's loud coach i really appreciate you giving us the time i enjoyed talking to you wish you the best of luck this season uh we're curious to see how your new players meld in see if you can best that prediction by the other coaches and and win a few more games uh anyway thank you very much coach
1: well i appreciate it thanks for having me on and And Now that the uh, bar's been set, I'm going to have to have my wife go help me buy a new suit. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but now everybody's going to, don't wait, Coach. This is is already being said. I just said it out loud. Everybody knows. Everybody's (laughs) always waiting to see what you show up wearing. If you don't think that, you're (laughs) wrong. I just said it out loud.
1: Oh, that's funny. Well, I appreciate it. And like I said, it's going to be a fun year, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Okay, that's Coach Jeff Drinkwine. Uh, Northwest University, the Eagles up there in Kirkland, Washington. Get out and support those Eagles this year in Cascade Conference basketball. Thank you, Coach. All right. Thank you. We'd like to remind you this podcast is exclusively owned by Cascade Hoops Talk. It may not be used in portion or entirety without exclusive written permission from Cascade Hoops Talk. Thank you for listening.